Attention retail solution providers. Rethink Retail is looking for the next generation of retail technology. By participating in our next-gen retail tech program, you'll put your solutions in front of the eyes of thousands of retailers, while also gaining industry recognition and a spot to compete for the title of hottest tech of the year. So if you're ready to be next, be sure to check out the link in the show notes of this episode, or you can email us directly at media at rethink.industries. Good luck and may the best in tech win. Welcome to Rethink Retail, the show where we dive into the stories and strategies behind some of the most successful brands on the planet. From brick-and-mortar giants to e-commerce disruptors, we uncover the secrets to their success and deliver the keys to true retail transformation. So ask yourself, are you ready to rethink retail? The future of retail starts now. Hi, my name is Marshall Kay, and this is the Rethink Retail podcast. We're here at Shop Talk Europe 2023. I'm honored to be with Jerome Dubois from Decathlon, one of the world's most prominent and successful sporting goods retailers. In terms of me and who I am, I am one of 50 Forbes retail contributors on the global team at Forbes that writes articles on retail topics. And this is a great retailer and a great executive for us to be talking to today. So first for our listeners, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about Decathlon. I'm familiar, but they're not, so. Absolutely, thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, awesome to be sharing some insights about Decathlon. Decathlon is about 47 years old now. We're a global uh, company, the, the biggest uh, multi-sport retailer in the world with 70 countries, close to a bit more than 100,000 employees worldwide. Yeah. And in 2022, over 15 billion euro of turnover. And that's about it. In terms of your company's raison d'etre, your reason for being. Yeah, that's the most important. We started out as a, you know, a small team and, and with a strong mission that that mission never changed. This mission is about making sport available to the many, the benefits, the pleasure of sports. And it's all about, you know, giving access to everybody on the planet, to sport and all the, the, the good benefits of sports. And for, you know, multiple years now, we've put a strong accent on sustainability, doing this in a very sustainable way, yeah. because the planet is our playground and we are here to protect our playground and the planet. So I'm, I'm glad you've pointed that out, that the planet is our playground and that we must protect it. Let's talk about the importance of an item being born digital with a digital twin in order to help achieve that objective. Yeah, this is truly important, but you know, it's multidimensional problem, I would say. For about 10 years, Decathlon, and I think maybe you might be better answering that than me, but I think Decathlon was the, the first largest company to have 100% of all its products tagged with RFID. And, and our, our goal was to be able to trace everything from the moment it is created, designed, sorry, and then manufactured up to the moment where it is put in the hands of our customers. That was the starting point, and we were able to do this thanks to the RFID technology. And, and that traceability then started to unlock a, a, a world of, of new use cases. So to give some examples, we are able to, you know, pinpoint exactly where goods are along the chain as we distribute them. It's really important in order to have stock accuracy and unlock, you know, the right forecasting, 
distributing the right offer, the right products at the right place at the right time, which is a very complex problem. It's also really important to, to track those products that might come expired or they have a problem when it comes to regulation that needs to be recalled. We know exactly where they are. And the, the, the very interesting thing that we were able to achieve is that with the RFID technology and this tracing approach, we can track every single of the billion products that we manufacture every day uniquely. You know, right. even if you have two t-shirts that have the same model, the same color, the same size, the same everything, they will have two different. Right, because everyone has its own serial number that's unique. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And so we've unlocked a lot of other use cases, of course, you know, we're famous for having cashiers where you just drop, you know, your, all your, your gears into, uh, into uh, the, the container and the cashier and it reads all the RFID tags. Right. Instantly, you know, produce the bill and then unlock them, you know, so that you can get out of the door and it doesn't right. ring. And self-checkout, it's very interesting to see within retail that what you've been doing with self-checkout, RFID-enabled self-checkout, others are now following exactly. and doing in a very meaningful way. Another great example is Uniqlo, owned by Fast Retailing. And I believe they have said that by using self-checkout, and theirs is powered with RFID, that wait times for checkout have gone down by 50%. No, absolutely. And, and that's one dimension, the efficiency of the, the checkouts. And so the volume of people that have come through, come out of the, the store, you know, with the, the same infrastructure. But the other important impact is the customer. Right. You know, the, the customer success and the customer appeal. And people really like that, you know. Uh, they, they can come out of the store really quickly. They don't see the long lines. Right. It, 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 it is a big deal. And I think right. this was a big part of the story uh, of the reason why customers love us so much in, in some countries of the world where we right. deploy that. And they trust you. Yeah, trust is, I was talking in the keynote this morning about one of our four core values at Decathlon, which is responsibility. We, we are one of the most known brands, you know, uh, in the world. And, right. you know, uh, every year uh, it comes back. I, I think this idea of trust has been really critical. And when it comes to trustability, again, it's really important because by being able to know exactly what you put in each and every product, starting from the bill of material and how these things get assembled, right. assembled where into what plant, what impact they have through their manufacturing process on the, on the environment, and then throughout the, the carbon footprint, throughout the, the logistics, you know, uh, being able to start showcasing and transparently sharing that information with our users is going to be more and more relevant and it's going to contribute a lot to trust. So in everything we do, responsibility and trust is, is a very strong area of focus. I was talking about data and AI this morning. We, we approach data and AI with the same sense of responsibility in order right. to keep and reinforce trust. So we need to be able to explain, audit, observe, but that, that's, that's the general approach that, that you know, right. uh, we apply to everything in the company. And what's interesting with AI, especially with generative AI, consumer trust is more important than ever. And for a company that has a long history of earning that trust from your consumers, it would seem you're in a much better position and some others who maybe have less of a track record. That is true. I think it's, I mean, we always have to go back to history. People have really loved coming into the stores, right. uh, you know, even way before digital and e-commerce was a thing. 
because they had that great relationship with our, our teammates or, you know, star associates. And, and this has become recognized because, you know, most of these teammates are really passionate about sports. And so they can really engage, interact with customers and customers feel that. Right. And it starts building that relationship of trust. And as we move into technology, into e-commerce, into AI, but also now we're moving into a, a, a bigger, you know, sport experience. We're talking, thinking more about 360 degree sport experience right. beyond just the purchase experience. Yeah. How can we help our customers practice sports, get better at what they, right. they love doing, and also maybe in their active life as well, you know, with urban mobility, right. uh, having tools such as right. um, a mobile app that tells you where your bike is parked, if it's moving. All this, you know, is, is based on a lot of data, a lot of AI. People start to understand this as we are mm -hmm. going to go into generative AI and use this, right. you know, to help with our design, right. uh, with our CRM, customer support and all that. That, um, I mean, that sense of responsibility is going to be critical on it for us and for all the companies, actually. Right. To continue building and, that sense of, and of responsibility. Given, given the importance of the relationship that Decathlon wants to sustain and maintain with customers far beyond the purchase of any single item, the digital triggers that can tie into a connected product cloud to enable that rich engagement post-purchase would seem to be more important than ever. Absolutely, you're totally right. And, and that's why we're, you know, when we, we started the discussion with traceability and we talked about RFID, but RFID is, is you know, apart from the sales checkout, you know, it's not a, a end consumer technology. And that's why we're, you know, using also data identification technologies, QR code a lot. And more and more we're, you know, um, embedding QR codes into our products because now we want to think about the, the, the post-purchase experience for our customers and what use cases we can enable. And there is a world of use cases that is at our, our hand with this, meaning being able to know as a consumer exactly how can I repair something, you know, self-repair maybe, or can I order part because I have a QR code, I'm always able to identify my product. And maybe then I can return it to the store. This, this product, thanks to the QR code, you know, can be recycled because we know exactly what is the composition of the product. So, you know, these, these are technologies that allows us to create a virtual cycle of, of consumption. And they are fully, I was going to say in line, but actually they are, they are the, the foundation of our, of our strategy of being a company that is uh, going much more into sustainability and circular economy. And in order to do that, you need good, accurate data. And one of the things that I've really admired about Decathlon over the course of many years is that you operate with a high RFIQ. And that's a term that I coined a few years ago in an article in Forbes. And essentially, a company can have an RFIQ, a person can have an RFIQ, a business unit within a company can have an RFIQ, and it really measures the IQ as it relates to RFID. Do you know what it is? Do you know the different ways that it can be used? Do you know who is using it? Maybe some of your competitors, etc. And what does it mean for your business? And so your company has had a longstanding culture of innovation and has operated with the high RFIQ for many years, and the benefits are manifesting themselves in many ways. But there's one thing in particular I'd like to ask you about now, and it, it ties back to AI, and that is your company has a crystal clear, accurate picture of exactly what inventory is in each of your stores. 
down to the, the unit level for each and every SKU, you know exactly how many are on the sales floor of that exactly. SKU, how many are in the stock room, how long an item has been on the sales floor or in the stock room. You have clean data that can then be fed into your AI to achieve the outcomes that you're looking for in a way that others who don't have this degree of accuracy are inhibited by. No, no, you're right. And, and you know, stock and managing stock, having the right stock at the right time, the right offer at the right moment in time, at the right place. Again, we're on 70 countries is, um, is, is a, a very complex problem to solve but it's a very crucial one for the company, you know, because of the economic values it represents. Mm -hmm. And so again, we do everything we can to, to keep the data as fresh as possible. Mm -hmm. Going back to RFID, you know, we're deploying RFID robots that are going, right. you know, every day in the store and, and self-scanning mm -hmm. all the exact quantities of stock that we have right. in the store. But beyond that, when it comes to using the data, I think there is a culture of, of having great data quality because based on this, and it's not just for stock, I mean, it's for everything, right. but that exercise of really forecasting, you know, the, the offer that exercise of uh, understanding what are the best prices, you know, that we can give at any point in time, even ahead of time, when it comes to, you know, starting to build the offer way before you start, you know, forecasting and moving goods, mm -hmm. understanding what is going to be needed, what, where. I mean, this all relies on great data and great quality right. uh, of data. So what we do is, you know, since we've understood that we've deployed a, a large efforts and large investments into making sure we have quality data everywhere. And this happens thanks to, you know, people that are focusing on this. I mean, there is a data quality organization inside the company with data owners, data stewards, data managers. So there is a... You know, there are multiple job functions dedicated right. to making sure that as a company, we have the most accurate data because this is the foundation. We live in a notion of data and decathlon, but it needs to be clean, usable. And then we start building our, you know, our data science or algorithms and they only work if, you know, they stand on a good foundation. I agree. I sometimes talk about the leaning tower of PISA. Yeah. And that companies that are built on a, a foundation of squishy data. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's a, an awesome example. I might use it in the future. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So one thing that amazes me, and it's a benefit that your company has, is that when you know exactly what inventory you have, and whether it's on the sales floor or not, you have a much better view of mm -hmm. actual demand for your merchandise that impacts, as you were saying, so many of the organizational decisions around product movement, pricing, et cetera, but also around production. We've talked about conscious consumption. We've talked about conscious production. We've talked a little bit about conscious logistics. It really impacts your company in so many different ways. That, that's a good point. And you know, recently with the coming of our new CEO, and last year, actually we did a bit of a reorganization within the company. And we now have someone who's in charge of the entire value chain. Value chain being everything from industrial processes, everything that, that we master for years or decades that is necessary to create our products, all the, you know, the, the, the components. And then everything that is about, you know, moving goods, 
down to the logistics and the last mile. And so we have someone that is now in charge of this entire value chain domain. And, and the reason is that we want to have the, the best end-to-end -end value chain, the most efficient end-to-end -end value chain. The reasons are multiple. I mean, obviously there's a, an economic reason uh, to it, but in terms of the customer, being able to make sure that we never, you know, uh, make mistakes in terms of. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show some love by subscribing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.